Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. We are back and we are bad just like you are. And, you know, I've been having this theme. If you've listened over the last several months, I've been bringing in more and more topics of education, entrepreneurship, and and you know, the young side of education. I think that's so darn important. And with me today is Ofer Breyer. He's a world famous talent coach and also the creator of Games of Genius. 2018, he won the Tribeca Disruptive Innovation Award for a revolutionary program called Games of Genius. And it's really a program that's developed for parents of children. So if you're a parent and you have kids at least four years old or up, the educational system hasn't changed in decades. I couldn't agree with that more. And the reason I wanted to have Ofer and um, his partner, a licensee for his programs in the Americas, so half the world, also Mark is with us. Um, I wanted to have him on to talk about this kind of work. Now, this is crazy. Ofer's son attended college at 13 years old. Unbelievable. And uh, we have Mark Hirsch with us as well. Now, Mark is partnered on this software. He is uh, a very accomplished executive with a bunch of success in venture startups, product development, sales, and marketing. So he's sort of the, I don't know, I guess I'd say Ofer would be the brains and Mark is the brawn to get this moved into more and more people's hands. Um, but I am so excited to have both of you on the show. Are you guys there? And welcome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. thanks, Matt. Pleasure to be here. All right. So Mark is that last voice. And then Ofer has the amazing, beautiful accent. Ofer, where are you coming from? And where do you live? Australia, I take it? Just kidding. Oh, no, I live in the Holy Land. You're in where? I'm sorry. I'm in the Holy Land. You're in the Holy Land. So you are so <laughs> touchy subject. Where specifically do you consider that? <laughs> Israel. Okay, good. <laughs> and you're, uh, you're a professor over there. What are you a professor of? And what are you studying? Mean, obviously, you're in early childhood development education, but what specifically are you in academics for? Well, for, first of all, I'm not in academics. Let, let's make it uh, more. Oh, I misunderstood. No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, I was a high school teacher for seven years, um, head of a jazz music department in Israel, one of the best probably jazz departments in the world. And then I started to do a research that lasts for 20 years on how people become gifted. And that was the research that was done or that became um, the resource for training teachers in Europe and in the United States. And then in the past uh, two years, uh, working on this uh, product for homeschooling systems 
uh, so parents can do this for them for their kids since the school system is not teaching it. Well, let's talk about that school system you said there. So working in high school for as long as you have and wanting to help develop children, you worked in music yeah. and that is, uh, that's not exactly what I expected. <laughs> Did, <laughs> how much of your high school teaching career in the field of music, how much did that impact uh, your development of Games of Genius? Meaning, you know, obviously uh, music and arts and wood shops and metal shops and, and some of those types of academics are very different than your core curriculum type things. Yeah. Did you, is that part of this whole system of realizing that there's different ways to learn? Or can you tell me a little bit about how that might have influenced you? Um, I can tell you one thing that um, as a child, I was a very non, non-gifted personality. And I was trying to figure out how can it be like those who are remarkably great in different different areas, like could be martial arts, and music, uh, basketball, foot, you know, like drawing. And um, by trying to figure that out, I went to through a journey that brought me to something being called mathematics, or what is being called basically imagina- imaginative mathematics. Can you say that name one more time? It's what kind of mathematics? Imaginative. Imaginative mathematics. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And the big difference between imaginative mathematics and math is math is abstract and imaginative mathematics is imaginative. So kids uh, are having a hard time to study math all over the world. It's not new unless they practice for endless, I mean, endlessly because math is, uh, is an abstract form. And until the age of 11, you cannot understand abstract. So you can enforce mathematics, but, but, you, but kids will never become geniuses in mathematics unless they have their own imagination, which is one out of a million. So I was uh, trying to figure out how to, to beat myself through mathematics. And I was surprised that I, you know, over time was considered to be highly gifted as a jazz music teacher. And I trained uh, for 20 years, 3,000 professional musicians. Some of them are top of the world today. All of them in the jazz idiom, most of them, I would say. Some of them in rock and classics and classical music. And the, the basic concept was that I was able to see everything through math and mathematics instead of um, like music, instead of harmony, chords, scales, and all these uh, boring uh, elements. So that was the beginning of my uh, journey. So you're one of those guys. You see music as math. Um, yeah. So I personally, for some reason as a kid, I loved math and I don't know exactly why I just sort of excelled in it, but I know that it's almost a phobia for some people. Like my wife had a very different experience growing up. She hated math. It was frustrating. She didn't get certain concepts. And then the teachers and parents would just drill in the same thing again, go, no, it's just, that's what a fraction is. And she'd go, I don't understand that. And they go, well, do it more. What if that's our, our experience and I'm talking like I have a nine-year-old son right here, right now, we're doing, you know, multiplication flashcards. What advice do you have right off the bat early on to introduce the concept of mathematics so that it's not terrible and scary and it's fun? Can you give me a couple like real examples of the difference between regular math and how you would do imaginative math? Yeah. What is one plus one? I think it's two. You're wrong. I knew it. Because you're talking about numbers, because two and one have no meaning. Okay. What is the meaning? If you say one person, one man and another woman, okay, getting married, it's a, it's a, it's a part of a family. That's, that has a meaning. One plus one can, can be, could be anything, but it has no meaning. 
at, at a certain point of our, of our conversation. But one note and another note on a piano, do and re, if you play them one plus one, you get a short melody, which has meaning. So it's getting real like example application tactical almost. And yeah. when you just say, here's numbers, these are just these theories, these in NLP, we call them nominalizations. It's something yeah. that we pretend is real and physical, but you can't put it in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. And therefore it's difficult to learn. Am I getting that? Yes, but you can make it easy because you see when, when, when kids are learning, at a very, you know, like uh, at the age of 12 months, already even before that, they do pattern recognition. That's how they learn how to manipulate you in order to get, you know, the candies. So what, they, what kids do, they do pattern recognition and pattern design, okay, of behavior. In the beginning, it's only behavior. So let's assume we go to a, piano, to a xylophone and, and I'll show you three notes, do, re, mi, and ask you to play them one after the one by order. So we'll play Do, Re, Mi. Then I'll ask you to play, starting from Do, again, change the order of the other two, <clears throat> right? So you start with Do, and then you have Re, Mi, or Mi, Re. Let's put it in numbers. One, two, three. One, three, two. Now let's start from two. You have two, and then you have left one and three. And then three and one, right? So you, because you can change them. Two, one, three, two, three, one. Basically, you just played after four, four seconds of a lesson, four, four melodies. Let's start from the last one. Mi, do, re, mi, re, do, three, one, two, three, two, one. So numbers now becomes sounds and the connection between them becomes melodies. So have you seen in your life a child that after six seconds can play six melodies? Usually not, I don't think, not after six seconds. So what if there will be seven minutes here? And I will show you that you and any person in the world can play 216 melodies, not playing each one of them twice. And remember what you've done, not done, and with zero mistakes. I mean, that's incredible. And what if I'll show you with it within two hours, you would be able to play 21,000. <laughs> and what if I'll tell you that you can connect three notes to another three notes and have a six note melody, and you have 5,000 melodies within a split of a second, like within 20 minutes from now, and you will not make mistakes. Is that possible? I mean, it, I, I believe, yeah, of course, if you have the right process, if you have the right, I guess, big picture narrative of how the brain works in the first place. What have you discovered about this? Because like, let me ask you about sequence then. I think that that's something shockingly yeah. people listening, you guys, I know how much you love your pattern geeks and, and your pattern nerds, just like me and just like Ofer, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, we talk a lot about sequence and learning. So yeah. like when I learned the alphabet in kindergarten, it was A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I learned it uh, alphabetically, yeah. of course. I learned it sequentially, so one after the other. But if I said to you, what's the 14th letter of the alphabet, I could never get it because I'd have to start at A and go to number 14. Yeah. It sounds to me like right off the bat, you're not trying to teach us how to learn sequentially what is the opposite number to sequentially? If we're not learning one after another in memorization, what is it? Are you just spreading it out and, and scattering it? Or is there a method to the madness? There's a method. Uh, let me tell you something. You know, some people can learn how to code. And then they write some kind of a code, you know, for, for an app that will work, right? So there's the computer code. Okay, there's, a, there's the code that enables the app to work. The problem is this is what we are learning. We are learning those, those sequences 
If you put this down and this one together, it will do this. And if we put the, the bottom will work. But in order to do that, you have to be great in pattern recognition and pattern design and composition within the level of the computer language. We don't teach the computer language. We teach the code. We read the code, we compose within the code, but we don't understand the language. It's the language of what we call thinking algorithms instead of computer algorithms. And what we are doing, we are teaching the kids the basics of thinking. So now everything they can learn 10 times faster easily because they can see it within a split of a second. They can hear it, they can smell it. I will give you an example. Remember, you did one, two, three, one, three, two with, with, with music? Right. So let, let's, say, let's say we stand uh, uh, one across the other. And I'm telling you, now that you know do re mi, do mi re, okay, punch me. Punch you? Yeah, why not? Right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, change them. But now I have three points in my body. Face, stomach, shoulder, face, shoulder, stomach. Shoulder, face, stomach, shoulder, stomach, face. Isn't it like that because you studied music, you can do 216 patterns in martial arts now? I get it. Okay, so what you get is that you can transfer knowledge from one field to another. And what if I'll tell you that you can transfer now this into cooking? Right, makes sense. Into basketball and to understand patterns in history and be able to draw comics. So you're not, you're not teaching necessarily like information, you're teaching how to learn, which is something that yes. is so deeply flawed yeah. today. And, and I don't think we have a class on that. I never went to school learning how to learn, did you? No, and I'll tell you something. The 1%, the top 1% of the world, the gifted kids, they know how to learn. 99% don't know how to learn. We teach them how to learn and therefore they all become gifted and for any subject. So let, let's, let's, let's pivot into that, in that gifted idea. Uh, and Mark, I want to bring you in here in just a second as well. Um, but talking about the idea of gifted, gifted innately to me means you've received a gift and maybe it's a gift of intelligence or a gift of compassion or a gift of something. But your theory, what I'm hearing is that, and what you're playing out here is that everyone is or can be gifted so explain to me, like, what's your definition of gifted? How do you see it? And then what is the first step to move into that? Is it starting with the do, re, mi and that sort of thing, learning how to learn? What does gifted mean to you? Yes, it starts it start immediately with do, re, mi and then martial arts and then comics and then chess. And then we go to 44 different activities, all of them after school activities. But when you go into a classroom, everything is easy. You understand history in 10 minutes. And why? What is the difference between a gifted child? Okay and a regular child. A gifted child can learn faster. Okay. Whatever a, a child that has a hard time to understand, and you have to explain him again and again, by them to listen, you have to, to find a, a private tutor for him in order to understand. He has to go out and find some videos online until he understands the gifted guy. Yeah, okay, I got it. But how did they get it? That's the question. And I'll, I'll talk to you in a second about that part. The other thing, the other thing that the gifted guy has, that besides of a disability to learn so fast, you can be highly creative using it in many domains. And it's because of the same reason. It's being called analogy. So the first part I'm hearing about gifted is that basically gifted is the aptitude to learn effectively, easily, etc. Yeah. And the second part is cross-contextual application. You can learn something in one field and apply it in another and do that with ease. Is that, yes, exactly. is that fair to say? Am I getting that right? I wrote, I wrote six uh, short books and all of them start, you know, end with 
the word with is, teach with is, study with is, the, all of them with is. With is, yeah. why, why is? Why, why? Because if it's not with is, then you have a hard time. And there's a hard time to study math and there's a hard time to study everything. And when, is the, when you have a hard time, sometimes you say, I don't have the energy anymore for this. I don't want to study this. This is too hard for me. Yeah, I felt that. You have never had this from a gifted child. Never hear it from a gifted child. It's always easy. Okay, so I want to come right back with you, Ofer. And uh, in the second part, I want to chat about some of the things we can do like today to pivot and shift with how we're treating our children. Mark, I want to ask you when, uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you and Ofer met, um, how you came across this whole idea methodology? I know that you're, as I was kind of joking, saying Ofer is the brains and you're the brawn. Um, obviously, you're an intelligent <laughs> guy, but you're the one that's sort of saying, I want to get this out and get it done and get it to the people. Exactly. Yeah. Was th is this the first enterprise you really jumped into? I know you've been doing business for a little while. Tell me a little bit about how you guys met and why this was the thing you said, I want to get in front of this with them. Absolutely, Matt. So um, it was a serendipitous meeting, actually. Uh, so uh, the managing director of Growth Harmony had uh, written a book and the book was about essentially about futurism. It was about a, like a future view of, uh, of the world at large, but also he had a lot of ideas about education there. And he shared that book with a mutual friend uh, by the name of David. And David uh, mentioned the book to Ofer and said, gosh, you know, this book, it sounds like uh, this guy, Dan's got uh, similar ideas. And uh, David brought uh, Dan and Ofer together. And then I got involved uh, to work with, uh, with the group. And essentially, um, you know, it, it's, it's exciting because it's such a different model. You know, we've got uh, rote memorization being taught in schools, and we've got schools that are really using industrialized methods of teaching kids. And here we are in this rapidly changing time where we've got automation, AI, robotics that are going to change everything about what we as humans need to be able to do and work in 20 years from today. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of parents are looking for an edge and those that are not, you know, paying their kids way into college, those parents who are actively involved in, you know, in, in getting their kids uh, an edge, uh, they're jumping into this program uh, because what they see is really different. It's the mathematics that underlie everything. And that's what Ofer teaches you to see. Uh, and, you know, as I've worked with Ofer now for, gosh, almost a year and a half, and what excites me is when I speak to the original parents that started in his program in Toronto, uh, this is well over a year ago, and to just to hear how they're using it and how it's changing their relationship with their kids, how it's changing their kids' uh, abilities and, and, and the success stories that they're sharing, but also how they report it's impacting them. Uh, and, uh, you know, really, it, Ofer has created something here that helps us to spot the patterns of mathematics that underlie everything and transfer that from one talent area, one field or one activity to another very easily. Like he was saying earlier, you know, you can make this melody on a xylophone or on a piano or on a guitar or whatever it may be. And you can then immediately take that and go into drawing and use the same pattern or go into martial arts or dance uh, or any of these different fields and you're, you're trained your brain to use pattern recognition, pattern design, analogy, and real-time composition. And it does speed up your ability to process, not only just process, but see things because you're able to see more. You're able to see around things as a result of this training. 
So now you've, I mean, beautifully said, um, tell me a little bit about the business side of this. And I liked in the last few minutes, kind of come back to what, it, you know, how to get involved with it. Yeah. Um, but on the business side of it, what made you say, this is something that we can sell? Because clearly it's something that is for sale. Um, why of all the products you said, I can sell this? And how have you gone about uh, marketing this? Because I think, you know, this is relevant to a lot of the listeners right now, because if we're entrepreneurs and we're looking at pivots and looking at different things, there's no reason why you can't say, Hey, I don't need to only offer what I offer. Um, if I have an audience and they have a certain problem, like they have children and they're not learning effectively in school or schools were closed down for the rest of the year and that sort of thing. Um, I'm looking for something new to give to the marketplace. So what, tell me, so why this and tell me a little bit about your marketing process or your sales process. Sure, sure. So um, why this? Uh, when Ofer first uh, came into the group, when we first met him, I was able to watch his uh, Toronto videos. So he did a, a five-day workshop in Toronto, which he had videotaped or you know, taped. Shows, shows you how old I am. <laughs> so, uh, but but it, I was watching this 40 hours of video and I'm like, wow, it blew my mind completely what he was talking about, ideas I had never heard before. And look, I'm a guy that was very privileged. I went to prep school, one of the top prep schools in New York. So I got a great education. Uh, and I don't think that my kids who are in public school in Florida are getting the same level of education. So as a parent, I'm always looking for things to help my kids grow and succeed and excel. Uh, and when I saw this, I said, well, you know, this is really amazing thinking. I've never seen anything like it. This is definitely a product that everybody who has kids needs. So immediately I recognized that just based on, you know, my own experiences, my own family uh, needs, and just what I see happening in the world. And while it wasn't really a product like, uh, like the type of information products that I've marketed in the past, I said, there's, there's enough meat here to, to test it out. So uh, we to an agreement with Ofer where we said, let's just take your Toronto videos we're just going to make them available. We'll test it out. And we did a, a very small uh, sample type of test, like a, a proof of concept test, where we took those videos, we cut them up into more manageable chunks. Instead of it being 40 hours, it's, uh, you know, it's just like little 20-minute chunks. And we, we just put together some webinars and we put together some, some basic funnels online and we just started testing. And what we found was that there was demand for it. It took several months for us to dial in on that demand and kind of determine what kind of language we needed to use in our funnels. And we tested this and we tested that maybe 50, 60 different tests until we finally hit on a proof of concept where the economics began to work. And that really, it all kind of dialed in, uh, I'd say roughly September of last year, we got the economic model to work. And so at this point, we're just working on beginning to get scale. And as you get scale in a business like this, you know, there's a lot of, 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 of corporate development work and business development work that needs to go on just to build the team necessary to support it. But, uh, you know, at, at this point, uh, it's been proven that there's a great amount of demand for it. We've got uh, the customers who are coming in uh, are giving us great feedback. You know, not everybody's happy, of course, because not everybody's going to be happy. It does require that parents be involved. So when I hear from customers saying, you know, this isn't for me, it's because the parent just doesn't want to 
to take the time to to do the work with their kids. They want to just be able to hand off. So this isn't one of those other like an online learning platform where you go, here you go, kid, play on the laptop for two hours and you'll be a genius. Exactly. Exactly. This is for involved parents. So the parent who who's willing to put in some time and it's not a ton of time. I mean, you know, we've got these these videos. If you want to learn everything that Ofer's talking about, all this methodology, the theory behind it, the history behind it, the future uh, as as he sees it, that's in the Toronto videos. But in the course of this past year, Ofer's also uh, done uh, created something we call the Accelerated Games Program, and this is a, a a product that's provided with the Games of Genius. This allows parents to go in, and in two to three minutes, they get instructions on how to play a game. So every day they have a new game to play. These games start very, very simply and they grow in complexity extremely fast. Like Matt, if you were to, to jump in and like try to play game 130, I know you're a smart guy. You would be challenged doing that. And our adult certified trainers, uh, they also are challenged. Like 115 to 150, right around when they get to that point, they're like, gosh, what, you know, how do I do this? But in the beginning, it seems so simple. And, uh, you know, so, so for us, it's about at this point going from version one of our product to going to version two. And that's what I'm really excited about is we've heard from our customers as we've gone from proof of concept to the early stages of growth, we've heard from our customers and we know what we need to do to make the product just um, an amazing experience for them. So that's what we're, uh, that's what we're putting into process right now is how do we take this program, which is kind of a self-directed do-it-yourself involved parent program and make that a product that also covers those parents that don't necessarily want to be that involved, that don't want to learn the theory methodology uh, and, you know, just want to get in there and play the games. Right. Well, I think that's really interesting, Mark, because you're, you know, you're, you're talking about kind of a barrier of entry in the marketplace and in, in sales um, where it's, it's the difference in the done for you or you have to do it along with us. So I, I appreciate that you're looking into how to change that. Hey, Ofer, I, I want to pivot back to, um, you have an interesting story about what happened in the Czech Republic. Um, there's a picture of you sitting on your website. If you guys, if you go to gamesofgenius.com, you'll see a photo of uh, Ofer sitting with the prime minister of the Czech Republic in a classroom with the kids. And the school board almost kicks you out, but you decide, well, just give me a minute. And they said, well, we waste the first five minutes in class. It's always a waste anyways, isn't it? You know, kids mess around. And then finally the teacher says, everyone settle down and sit down. You did an experiment. So instead of goofing off, they played your games instead of random games. Can you speak a moment, not so much into what happened, because I know the C students turned into A students and then some. But if I'm a teacher, if I'm a parent and I'm doing some kind of homeschool or uh, group schooling, what are some tips for what I should be looking at doing in the first five minutes with my kids versus what they normally would do? Well, first of all, you, you need to show them the magic. If, if the child is sitting near the xylophone and he can play six melodies after six seconds, you have to see the face of the child. And besides of that, you need to see the face of the parents. Because they so start with the impossible. Really have them do something like that where they just learn yeah, six melodies in six seconds. They just do. They just do. And then afterwards, that will come in and say, okay, let's do the same in martial arts. And then his sister is coming into the room and she's saying, oh, let's do the same in comics because this is what she, she loves to draw. And then the other sister is coming or the aunt saying, oh, she's a ballet dancer. And they do the same in ballet. This is a multi-talent personality. You know? <laughs> he can do everything. And, and th this is the most important part. You see, what we have is not an idea. We don't have a concept. We have a precise methodology with micro steps that enables you to understand everything that you do. 
every 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 exercise that you get is a challenge. You get a very 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 short explanation, and suddenly the challenge becomes an achievement, and that's it. You know, when children have challenges and achievements, and it's moving fast because those children today they move fast all the time, they become addicted, and because they become addicted to the, to, to their self development, they become really bright at whatever whatever they do. So this is a good thing then. Are you saying that, because there's definitely that addictive nature, whatever you want to call that, when you get an app that is, you know, encouraging them for micro actions and micro rewards and, and like, they don't want to put it down in nature, in theory, that behavior, are you saying that's kind of a good natural thing that we tap into in the positive, but instead of just empty rewards, the reward is imagination. The reward is genius. The reward is gifting. Yes. The reward is the self-esteem that the child gets. He understands- And the self-esteem from doing, and I'm sorry to, to cut you off, but not self-esteem from you're good enough because you don't have to no, do no, anything no, 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 and here's no, your no. participation trophy. You're good enough because you did something great. Because I can prove it to myself. Mm. And you don't need someone else telling you that you're good oh, enough. Because every mom can tell to her child, oh, you are a genius because she wants to believe in it. Is he a genius really? <laughs> hey, my mom thinks I'm cool. <laughs> you know, every mom that see her, her child, you know, moving in bed at the six month old and, you know, and, 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 and going to the opposite side says, oh, look at him. He's such a genius. Our neighbor's son, he doesn't do it yet. And he's seven month old. What does it say about your child? And then at, uh, at uh, two years old, he can, he can say a couple of words and you say, oh, my child, he's a, he, he will be a writer probably. He, he, he can speak so well. I mean, <laughs> the child of the neighbors, people want to see the, the gift of their child. And then suddenly at three years old, he's moving a little bit, dancing kind of for music. And they, they believe that he will be David Bowie or something. For God's sake, you know, when those children get to the second, third or fourth grade, they go to, to the gifted uh, test. There are tests that can define if you're gifted or not. And suddenly, 99% of mothers are being told by the, by the government, by the system, that their child is not so gifted as they thought. And then when they see their child at 25, non-gifted and non-successful, they're asking a lot of questions themselves, where we were wrong. Right. And what does it say, too, to the other group of kids that never got invited to the gifted test in the first place? Or, yes. oh, I talked at 15 months. You know, I, I know... Um, there's some famous stories of Einstein and how late he developed, you know, speech and speaking, yes. but yes. he's the one that said imagination is more important than knowledge. And that's really exactly what you're talking about. It's about building the, the skill, the muscle of imagination, yes. which is what leads to gifting. Can I, uh, as we wind down here, guys, I know time has gone so fast. Um, Mark, I want to give you a chance to where, uh, where do we find out about this? How can we get involved and what's the first step as a parent or an educator to start using these games of genius? Yeah, so definitely the first step would be to go to gamesofgenius.com and start a free trial. A credit card is required, but we give you seven days and you get in, you can poke around, you can start to watch the Toronto workshop videos, you can start playing games right away. You can get into our private Facebook community where Ofer is, where the certified trainers are. You can ask questions, you can see what other families are doing. You can see the games that people are playing and get inspired, and then also upload your own games. Get involved and actually play the games with your kids. That's what you can do. Very good. So guys, go to gamesofgenius.com, and they have a, a free trial there. You just check it out. Jump in, check it out, and see about those, you know, the, the first six melodies in the first six seconds, and start playing the first games with your kids. 
Um, really excited to see this take off in the world, guys. Thank you for the work you're doing. Uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Make sure you follow uh, Ofer and Mark, and we'll have in the show notes all social media, but you can look for Games of Genius on Facebook, and you'll find Ofer right there. Um, Ofer, um, any final thoughts if you want the world to know one thing? What is it? <clears throat> one thing is to understand that most of the jobs that you see today from retail, retail salesperson, cashiers, office clerks, you know, nurses, this is all doomed within 20 years. Prepare as a child. Gone. That's it. The jobs of the future has nothing, the jobs of the future has nothing to do with the jobs you see today. Zero. Making gifted enough to survive. Make your kids gifted enough to survive because if, if your kid grows up with a strong imagination and the ability to connect thoughts and ideas together, that's the job of the future, not the mundane work that, that robotics and even AI robotics are going to potentially replace. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. I sure appreciate your time. Um, this you. is awesome. I'm excited. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, my friends, that's the show for this week. Wow. Um, I'm telling you, let me know how much you like this stuff. If, if education is important, if childhood development is important, I know it's not our traditional entrepreneur world, but it certainly is something that's so important in the world right now. And I know that it's close to my heart and I'm sure it's close to your heart in different ways as well. So uh, make sure you check out gamesofgenius.com and uh, follow Ofer Breyer and Mark Hirsch uh, on social media. We'll have the down in the show notes. And if you haven't already, make sure you rate, subscribe, and review. I know I say that over and over again, but listen, I'm talking to you. If you've been listening to this show for like six months and you're like, I really do like this. And these are great interviews. And thank you for coming on and doing all this for free for me without ever charging, with having no paywall, with having every single episode, hundreds of them in the bank that I can listen to at any time in the archives on the device of my choosing. Just head over to Apple, head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. It changes things more than you know. But most importantly, keep listening and stay driven. Get out there or stay inside, but crush it this weekend. See ya.